Hello everyone, welcome back to Court of Femme. We are continuing our Shameless series. We're talking about sex, and this episode specifically is Shameless Masculinity. I'm here today with Melinda. Hey! And we have a couple special guests today, Jake and Michael. How's it going? Hello! (laughs) Hello! From across the table! Yeah. Okay, so thank you for being here. I'm so happy to be included. Are you? Very. Awesome. Honored. Are you too? I'm excited to be here. Okay. Let's see where we go with this. <laughs> where let's do we just go? see what happens. That's kind of our little tagline. Like, let's, let's just, just talk, talk about, about it. it. <laughs> let's see where it goes. I don't know. We're going to find out. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's our preface, is that communication is fluid, not fixed. When you talk about it, that's how things get moved and get changed and transformed. So mm-hmm. thank you for being here on Court FM. Is this weird for you? Is this weird to be... The man on Court of Femme? I mean, it's only weird if you make it weird, which I probably will, but cur- <laughs> currently, it's not that weird. I feel super excited. Okay. You're good? I'm good. Okay. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Do I have to point to you to say we... and say no, something? No, let's just talk okay. about it. <laughs> let's just talk about there it. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, so we are talking about sex, and you guys have agreed. So this yeah, is a mature- Consenting. Consenting. These are consenting males. Consent Full is consent. good. Full oh. consent. Yes. Dreams really do come true. <laughs> right? Man, we're so blessed to be here with these guys. <laughs> I know. I, I really, mean, yeah, truly. Thank you guys for being here and being willing to be so vulnerable with not only us, but everybody else that's listening. Um, this is a huge honor for, for all of us to be sharing with you guys. So thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait to share some awesome, filthy stories. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so let's get right into it then. What is an earliest memory of sex? Is this like parents? Was it a video? Was it a magazine? For me, um, I noticed that my dad was very raptured with something that was like over the end of the couch. He was like ruffling through like a pile of things. And then when he went into the kitchen, I was like, what the fuck is over there? So I went over there and he had just kind of like a bunch of nudie mags that he just like kind of like rearranging to get to something else. (laughs) And like the ruffling of that, because that, you know, pictures, magazines. I love magazines. As a kid, there's like guns and hot rods and like tattoos and all these cool magazines and uh what i did not expect to see was a bush (laughs) (laughs) like like a lot and uh, as i was i don't remember how old i was but i definitely didn't have my own pubic hair so it was it was an additional shock so i was like oh my god what's wrong with her and then my first experience with like yeah and then my first experience with like seeing like an actual full like labia um enthralled and like frightened at, at the same time I was like oh my god is she okay right like it looks right. like a boo-boo like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. like she don't need a band-aid like yes. right now so element- how old were you elementary school age I want to say like eight eight to ten somewhere in there that was our earliest memory too yeah. eight to ten mm-hmm. yeah wow okay we're finding a, a thread here yeah <laughs> those curious kids oh there's my god. The kids are smarter than most people probably want to think they are, so we'll find some stuff. I really appreciate that you were concerned about her well-being. Yeah. When you saw that. I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like... She needs a baby. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. That's, that is probably my first experience with a nudie magazine was in high school mm-hmm. and went to a friend's house after school and he had a stack of them. And I remember opening it going... Oh my God, is she okay? Like, I felt the mm-hmm. same way. Like, I don't look like that. What happened to her? Yeah. Like, is this <laughs> scary? Yeah, the, 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 the disconnect for like my own reality was vast. 
<laughs> so, yeah. I think they were talking about her as, like, in turkey terminology. It was like, like a turkey neck. Mm. And I was like, ew. Not, not, not my favorite part of the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's comedy. Yeah. Right? Okay. Right. How about you? Same. Found some magazines. Yeah. Yep. Was kind of looking around, found some magazines, and they were all Playboy magazines from the 70s. Groovy. You know, <laughs> back in the day when it was like real, like curvy women. And it was just, I was raised in a family of all boys, and I was super curious about women and found some magazines and was like, all right, this is what a real woman looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm. And just really dove into the reality of what I didn't know. I was super curious about it. What were some of the outfits like? Talking about seventies oh, Playboy, like this is what? Playboy. There was not much out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, not this is much this is back. This is Hefner back in the day before any type of plastic surgery was being done, and it was just for real women. Yeah, um, he was all about the girl next door back then. So it was you know on women that weren't models necessarily. They were they were women, women just exactly. women. There was no picturesque um, design of what a woman was to look like. It was just real women. Yeah, and just it was. It was art to me. It was beautiful. Ooh. So what happened to that first initial response to these images? For me, it was curiosity. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to, like, I just kept flipping pages and checking different magazines and, like, like, what is women? What is this species of woman all about? Being with two younger brothers, my dad, my mom wasn't around a lot because she was sick, and just curious, like, what is woman all about? I'd probably say the same if you could add this, like, ferocious voracity (laughs) to it, where I was just like, more. Like, I was like, what else is there? And it was just kind of like, you know, you flip through, like, a couple magazines, and you reach the back cover, and then you're like, fuck. Like, what's what's the next one, you know? And um, I remember seeing like a, a different magazine it wasn't whatever the the playboys that my my dad had it was one that actually showed like intercourse mm. and that was like an additional mind-blowing kind of like holy smokes that's what like the inside of a butthole looks like and i was just like <laughs> well that's i don't know if i was quite ready for that you know i'm not that kind of doctor uh <laughs> more like a witch doctor really but um we'll get into that later but um but yeah, and that was just an, like an additional step in like the kind of that curiosity of just like what the fuck. Yeah. So I had I had no frame of reference, you know. Girls had cooties, but right. I was like, I still I was like, I'll risk it. I like, <laughs> like cooties can't be that bad. So right. <laughs> like, if all girls have them and they're all fine, so no one looks yeah. angry on this page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that was kind of the the progression for me that led into kind of like that adolescence. So at what point do you feel like that curiosity turned into something like the childlike pure curiosity? When did that turn into something that was secretive and shameful? Mm. I mean, like my dad saw me looking at his magazines cause I was fucking enthralled. So he was like, Oh, uh, don't do that. And then he was, I was just like, okay, where is he going to hide them where I can't reach them? So now all I have to do is look up high. You know, I was like, oh, they were down low. I found them. That didn't work. So now they're going to be up high. And then he'd like just would keep hiding them. He never got rid of them. (laughs) It's like a hunt. Yeah. It immediately turned into a hunt of like, ha, a game. So yeah, the whole like caveman. Well, you know, in that, in the 
past episode that we talked about the cards that I found. Oh, yeah. So it was a similar experience for me. I found a deck of playing cards. Oh, that each, nice. each card had a beautiful, mm-hmm. wide-open woman on each page. <laughs> and I was so curious about them, and Dad certainly snatched them yeah. right out of my hand. But I found them a few other times. I was curious as mm. hell. All gets out. They were beautiful. Like Michael said, like absolute works of art, you know, mm-hmm. in positions I'd never seen a woman stand or pose before. It was something unique and beautiful to me at that age. So I, even though like my, my sexuality wasn't really blossoming quite yet, I didn't have the hormones to be aroused by those things. Mm -hmm. I was still so curious of the beauty of it. So I wanted to keep finding them and looking for them. Mystery. Enthralling in like a different way. It doesn't all have to happen like below the belt. It could just be that like still voracious, but like upstairs curiosity instead of the the downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, mine continued to grow, um, after I found the Playboys, the next magazine was the Penthouse Letters. And that's, it was just the story. There were no visuals, but it was just the story. And so I just started reading the stories of, of writers that had written in. And it started to become less of the physical and more of the mind aspect of it. And you start to put together the visual yourself from the pictures that you've now associated woman with from the Playboy magazines. And now you're starting to put the stories together in your mind of... What does this look like as it's being written in words? So a humanizing experience, like there is it's very humanizing, thought yeah. and there mm-hmm. is dialogue and all of the things that add to the sexual experience. Oh, right, very storytelling. It's fantasy before it becomes reality. Absolutely. Yeah. That's super cool too because then you don't have to like look at a photo and like imagine like, oh, I wonder what's going on here. You're just like, oh no, I read this, uh, the script. I Already know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, That's awesome. It's right there. Wow. So for me, it was a friend of mine's art gallery, and her dad, um, there was a a guy who was in the art gallery who had a little section of dolls, and these dolls under the skirt had full genitalia. (laughs) (laughs) And so we would go into this little corner with these dolls, and we'd go, and they were hanging from the rafters. And we'd go and look under their dresses, and we're like, oh, that's... What's that? Like, yeah. but it was just that curiosity. And then we mm-hmm. got rushed out of there. Yes. Like, oh, no, 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 don't look at that. Yeah. But ever since then, it was like every doll I saw, well, what's under there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a mission to see what else could be mm. magical things. So, what do you, what messages about sex were you told immediately in, as a child, as a young, curious, voracious young mm. boy? What messages were you told? whether in your home or in your culture, community? I didn't really have any messages told. Um, My mom was sick. My dad was working. I was finding the images and the stories. And something in me was telling me what I was looking at and what I was reading all made sense and it was beautiful, but it was wrong. And maybe it was an age thing. Maybe it was a a very... um, conservative area that I grew up in and I I immediately started attaching shame to myself it wasn't imposed nobody instructed me of it Um, it just something about what I was seeing and what I was hearing and what I was reading although beautiful I started imposing shame on myself how did you do that it's a great question I've tried to think about that for years and I don't know where that came from Hmm. I haven't been able to pinpoint something that said, you know, what you're doing is wrong. I just self-imposed that thinking like 
as I continue to grow older, I'll grow out of this. I remember telling myself in fifth grade that when I get to middle school, I will have grown out of this desire. When you grow up and you're in middle school. When I grow up in middle school. (laughs) That was the story I was telling myself is that that in sixth grade, I'm going to grow out of this. I I won't have this desire to look at this anymore. And sixth grade, it was still there. Seventh grade, it was still there. Eighth grade. Then you get to high school and it's like... Oh, everybody's talking about this. So did you talk to your brothers at all? Like, did you guys have dialogue, your friends or your brothers about Nobody. Like, this, this was just kind of your own thing. No. Really? I would, guys don't talk about that kind of stuff in elementary school and middle school. Now, high school, you hit the locker room. Now you're talking about it. And that's where I realized I'm not weird. This isn't abnormal. This is actually what most guys are actually thinking about, especially the guys I was running around with. Do you feel like there was one point in your life where you finally were like, I'm going to let go of the shame that I have. I'm going to move forward in an exciting, adventurous way. Was yeah. Was a moment? When I got to high school and finally realized that this is actually like most guys are looking <laughs> at magazines or watching videos or reading stories or experiencing it themselves, I realized, okay, I can drop the shame. This is completely normal. Cool. I'm good now. Good. Hmm. Good. Yeah. Thanks. So uh, I'm, I'm the oldest sibling but um, I do have a cousin that is older than I am. So it's kind of like I didn't – I wasn't able to, to talk to really any of my friends or anybody my age. But it was always like either my cousin or an older sibling of one of my friends. And like just the legends would trickle down. And legends. Yeah. I like <laughs> just that. Like, I like that. Just, yeah. And like the first time – I was like, I heard about like fingering and I was like, you put your hand in there and they're like, whoa, they're like probably just a finger. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, but like, what's in there? And then it was just like, so just another kind of spiral there. But as far as like, like in the, in the home, um, it was mostly just like, just don't do that. And like, it didn't come from any place of like, not really religious, like specifically, but, like, definitely, like, the the trails of that, you know, because, like, the, the house I grew up in, we didn't have any sort of, like, faith-based anything. Mm-hmm. But, obviously, in, like, North Idaho, you can't get away from it completely. So, it was, it was like, this detached kind of, kind of shame there. And I knew that, like, if my dad keeps hiding it from me, or, and they're just, like, you're not supposed to look at that, or your parents check the... Uh, the internet history and they're like hey don't you fucking dare then it's just kind of like you you learn that it is one of those things that you're like oh i shouldn't be doing this but i really really fucking want to yeah so then it's like well why why is it bad if it's not harming anybody mm-hmm. you know and it's just mm-hmm. like i'm just bored like i'm just understimulated so of course i'm going to think about like beautiful women because who doesn't <laughs> like, yeah right. who doesn't right and that's the purity of sexual curiosity it's because we were designed that way because physiologically we were designed that way so to counter that with Mm -hmm. belief or certain (laughs) indoctrination of some kind it 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 becomes this uh battle well like prohibition works so well all the time (laughs) for everything you know (laughs) so why wouldn't that carry into uh sex (laughs) (laughs) Let's go a little bit further, like your first experiences with sexuality. What was what was that like? Like to just have this, when it became, when it turned from being personal to be 
relational. Relational as in like the addition Wait, of another a partner? person. Okay, yeah. So I was like, man, I don't remember when I started slapping the dolphin, but it's been <laughs> many moons. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, with, with another person, I just remember the like intense fireworks going off in my genitals the first time I ever made out with somebody. And then she just went like straight tongue all the way in. And I was just like, holy shit. And um, then I was just kind of like chasing that kind of same feeling there. And it was just the it's basically like a like how you hear about drug addiction. You're like, okay, well that doesn't that doesn't give me that same feeling anymore. So what can I do next? Mm. You know, and then what can I do next? And what can I do next? And then it's like trying to like buy condoms in the grocery store then you find out that super one is run by mormons they don't have condoms so now you got to go to like a different grocery store wait, and is then, that real yeah no there's oh, wait, no, wait, wait. There's wait, no wait, wait. condoms in super one i guess i've what? never tried to purchase condoms at super one yeah so i was like uh-huh. oh shit i drove all the, i hyped myself up to drive all the way out here and then i was like oh shit um yeah, that would take a lot of emotional energy to hype yourself up to purchase something like that at yeah, that young age. Because then you don't you know? want to be judged by like the checker and they're like, yeah. oh, this dude's trying to be lucky right now. So then I was like, hey, to all the friends, like, hey, do you have one? Like, I know you're not burning through them. Like, it's a hot commodity right now. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, and I was like, what do you got? You know, and it's like somebody's like cool mom, you know, gave them a handful and we're just like, hey, yeah, I'm a free range parent. You're going to need these. Like, here you go kind of thing. And it yeah. was... That's how I was able to to get a lot of that. But um, <laughs> I had a really old car. It was my first car. So uh, ladies kind of liked that. Some of them did. So that became, like, my safe space for, like, a lot of sexual exploration. So I basically had a twin mattress for my front seat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, go. that was kind of when it started. And then, like, with the driver's license came the freedom, and I was able mm-hmm. to kind of explore more that way. Same question. Um, for me, yeah, the first sexual experience was was not, it was just hands. It wasn't even, and it was over clothing. Um, but it was to the point of orgasm, and it, I was like, oh, crap, what do I do now? Like, <laughs> I still have all my clothes on. Um, I got to go. <laughs> I gotta leave. Like I'm on my bicycle. Oh, I, had, no. I had my bicycle shorts on and was like, I gotta go. Like I gotta I, take I just care of this. Gotta take yeah. care of this. Gotta yeah. handle this. So I was like, see you later. And I, I left. Oh. I was like, I had no idea what to do. It was completely unprepared for. And did you feel embarrassed in that moment? I did feel embarrassed. Yeah. I didn't know how to. It was completely new. Yeah. Huh. Like you didn't know it was going to go. <laughs> I didn't know. that. I just went to hang out with this girl. And we weren't together. We were just really good friends. But we found each other attractive. We screwed around a little bit. And it was just kissing. But the kissing led to touching. The touching led to... Kablooey. She's hot. Yeah. <laughs> She's hot. And this is... And this is, um, yeah, when, you know, when you're yeah. 14, wow. 13, 14 years old and, yeah, kablooey, like you said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, crap, what do I do now? Um, yeah. I got to go. And so I left and, yeah, that, oh, went home and had dinner with the family. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I love we that. Could. That's fantastic. We could wow. illustrate the difference of, like, uh, for me personally, I don't know if it's the same for you, but the, the difference in, like, level of ejaculate with a partner mm-hmm. versus, like, just slapping the dolphin by yourself, you're just, like, because you get used to it, like, masturbating with, like, your own personal practice. 
And then it happens with somebody who's like, looks like a damn snack and you're super <laughs> duper excited. You're completely enthralled with it. And then you're like, I got a mess. <laughs> and it is like, so there's like layers of this like preparation. And you're like, oh, it's not that bad. It's like a little hand towel is all good. And then you're just like, it's, there's some over there and some over there. I don't know what to do. And I don't know when your parents are going to be home. And it's like, yeah. So that's a, another kind of shocking male, like, oh, there's levels to this. <laughs> so did either of you, were either of you encouraged to be virgins? No. No, that's probably male privilege there, real hard, you know. Can you can you hear Tiana rolling her eyes right now? Yeah. Can you hear that right there? No, in yeah. fact, I my in my family, we never even had the talk. There was no conversation about it. I remember leaving for college and I was driving to college with my parents. My mom and I were in the same car together and my mom tried to bridge the conversation and I just said, I'm good. She said, okay. And like that was the Ooh, entire conversation. It's kind of really similar. I was, was just over. like, I don't really want to do this right now. And my mom was like, deal. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That was it. Yeah. Really unfair. Like yeah. it really yeah. is. What like is if it? you guys knew how early as young women that we are ingrained, mm -hmm. like your body is for this one thing, your body is for this one person. Ugh. Do not touch yourself. How dare you even explore that? Don't look at that. Don't talk to him. Don't stand too. Yeah. Like that is our world, which creates this big mm -hmm. culture of shame, not only in our own mind, but in our yeah, and outside in. and stuff too. And then and here like, y'all okay, are running free, girl. like sneezing, well, kablooing everywhere. Right? And we're do just you, like, <laughs> do you think that some of that is stemmed with religion also? Because Absolutely. I, you just described mine also. We, I wasn't raised in a religious home. We went to church very rarely, but it wasn't part of the like everyday life. Yeah, it was just. And Melinda and I were both raised in religious households growing up, so we were both taught that, you know, our virginity was our gift to our husbands. Mm. Um, Rather than a gift to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And now, you know, as... I'm glad you're recovering. Yeah. Absolutely. Still recovering. Full, full recovery, yeah. I think. <laughs> um, but, no, it's absolutely a gift to myself and a gift to my relationships, and it's it's been such an honor to explore different things with everybody, but... Recovering and unlearning a lot of that uh, doc documentation or doc what's what's the word indoctrination indoctrination yeah, thank you um, <laughs> yeah it's just been it's been a whirlwind trying to unlearn and relearn different practices and exploration mm. so well I didn't actually lose my virginity until I was seventeen so that was even then it was like all my all my dude friends were just like talking about all of what they were doing and I was like well I'll figure it out one day. You know, kind of like that. Yeah. So not anywhere near even close to the pressure that you guys had, but in an inverse way, it was just like, dude, you're getting, you're going to like, you're getting kind of up there. Man. You gotta, like, <laughs> you're getting up Yeah, right. 17, man, you better learn some tricks. How, like. how old were you, Michael? 16. 16, 17. I was 17. Okay. Yeah. I was 19. Yeah, and I, I was had on, like, to like boat. put myself on the corner like, hey, somebody please take this thing from me. Free to a good home. No, I got turned down a couple times because once they once these guys knew that I was a virgin, it was like, oh no 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 oh. no, no 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 I ain't touching that I ain't touching There's that I ain't gonna like do that weird and part, fucking stigma yeah like yeah. part of it one guy was out of respect the other guy was out of like yeah, no well, thanks he, he thought it <laughs> was respect but that's, that's not how I define respect so right yeah his definition Ooh. not. What's probably the accurate definition, but that's my own opinion. <laughs> mm, no, tell, tell well, me it's just more like, about 
like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna respect you enough to not share pleasure with you. If you just rephrase it like that, it's like, is that respect? Period. At all? Mm. Fuck that guy. But you didn't, which is probably good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, yeah. yeah. He's they missing out. Some hero. Yeah, right. In my like, life. Get oh, the fuck out of here. Heart. He saved me. Yeah. He saved me. No. Interesting way to position himself. Either that, or he just wasn't attracted to me, and that was his out. That was his scapegoat. Or out. and and we could segue into this the the nerves, because like you have a, from like growing up watching porn and growing up in like me personally in the video age and like seeing these dudes just like fucking jackhammer for like <laughs> so long, and I was like. <laughs> I ain't got that stamina for, like, that. And I don't have, like, a fucking, you know, Costco hot dog down fucking below the belt. So it's just, like, having that, then you start to create these own stories in your own mind about, like, oh, that's what women like. We could get into restructuring all of that bullshit. But, like, getting to that point, you're like, well, I can't do that. So then if, like, I've backed out of situations and used shitty excuses before and probably caused way more fucking harm than I should have if I would have just been honest and been like, yo, I'm nervous as fuck right now. Right. If you just want to stick around like the second, in between second and third base, because the bases are so loosely defined. <laughs> like somewhere <laughs> in between there, I'm not trying to strike a home run right now, you know, because it's like I want to crawl out of my skin. I'm so fucking nervous. So it could be something like that. So if you could go back and think of any time that that happened to you, there's a really good chance that that dude was just sweating fucking bullets and was under a lot of pressure to be like, to perform like this fucking Adonis figure when that's none of us. Possibly. Potentially. Potentially. However, the next guy who denied me turned out he had scabies. Oh, so God. That's... that's a gift. <laughs> that's a gift. That's not a denial. Yeah. But it felt yeah. like rejection until yeah. the next day. So until it like, didn't. Dude, you know he got scabies. I was like, oh, shoot. Praise be. Praise be. <laughs> Oh, man. So, okay. So we've talked a lot about our developmental stages and sexuality. Um, so what, what has contributed the most to your development and maturity of sexuality and pleasure? Uh, oh, yeah, maturity. Listening to women. Yeah. <laughs> that's, Say it again. Listening to women so hard. Um, yes. Because <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to get like real 16-year-old real quick. But like, like I want my initials in the arcade you know when it comes to like the high score that's the the pressure the societal pressure that i put on myself i was like i want to be remembered i want to do good i want to have this experience with somebody that's at this powerful kind of pinnacle there so it's like how do i get there you know it's like i've never played this specific game before and obviously that's oversimplifying it because women are super complex but it's like hey if i'm player one how do i how do i do good like how do i get my initials on the board, you know, how do I just, I don't know, and that's me projecting a lot of like my own, how I base my own value onto people and I'm currently working through that, but it's still, it's like less of a comparative thing anymore and more of just like, this needs to be a good interaction between me and my partner or I want to die. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, if you take the fuck truck to pound town and they're like, yeah, that was terrible, then I'm just like, okay, I'm going to shave my head and move somewhere. <laughs> like, you'll never see me again. It's just like, it's everything comes crashing down and, and I would feel terrible. So a lot of how I go about it today is just having that conversation. And for me, that ends up in a way of like, kind of like foreplay almost. Mm. Like I was talking to one of my friends. I was like, how, how long is the longest you've ever had sex before? And he's like, I don't know, I think it went for like an hour one time. And I was like, oh, mine was four days. It started with a text message. 
And I was just like, <laughs> and I was like, it started with that one message, yeah. and it was building, 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 building. Yeah. And then when it kind of, when it finally came down to it, I was like, I know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> right. I, she's given me it. the codes, and now I'm able to like, cool, do that. And then I'm comfortable enough because we've already talked about so much shit mm-hmm. that I could be like, in the moment, I could be like, oh, that's a bit rough. Or she, and then she doing that, I feel like gave her the space to say, like the same thing, just like slow down. And I was like, okay, cool, thank you. You didn't take it personally. Mm-hmm. I was just like, give me that high score. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's it gonna take to get that O? So <laughs> I think I've under now I understand um, the, the the logic behind naming dildos because one of them is <laughs> called um, the eager beaver, <laughs> and that makes sense. Like. We're like, oh, he's eager. He's a beaver. He's an eager beaver. I'll take that one. Like, that's mm-hmm. that whole idea of, like, someone wanting to be in it, all in, 100% yeah. on you. That's it. Right? Sold. Yeah. Like, that's so. That's fantastic. How was your transition into the kind of the space that you're in now, or closer to? It's been a long journey. Um, generally not fun either. <laughs> it's it's been back and forth. It's been a lot of back and forth. You know, I was in college. I was in college for eight years, and played athletics my first four years. Had a lot of sexual experiences. Um, was with a lot of people, but it was all. It was more very performative based. There was mm-hmm. a lot of porn. Um, it was very um, this mechanical. Is what I need to do. Yeah. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is what they're expecting. Um, it was get in, get your business done, and get out. Just like you see in the porn. Because mm-hmm. it never starts with the four-day story. Yeah. It starts with the, you're there, things happen. I'm here to fix the you sink. Yeah. Like <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And it's just, it's it's in and out. Um, mm-hmm. And so, the, and then after that season of my life, I entered into a, more of a, a religious scene where sex was wrong and masturbation mm-hmm. was wrong. And there's rules and there's guidelines and there's directives and there's... There's missionary only and, and just all these layers of garbage that didn't make <laughs> sense with my past experiences oh, and, yeah. nor my high school years where my parents didn't have rules. Right. But I saw in my home that there was a lot of respect. So I was mm. always very respectful. Even in those years that there was a lot of sex and it was a lot of the, the porn get in and get out, I was always mm-hmm. very respectful mm-hmm. because I had a, a, an immense respect for women. Uh, but I didn't have the... Let's spend four days in this. Right. Like, oh, that, that was like, a very recent story. For yeah, me. And that's, yeah. And that's, <laughs> but that's what's come now. And I think the, really the two words that, that I could use to describe like what's taken place over the past three or four years since I finally escaped the indoctrination and got back to the humanity of, of reality mm-hmm. is, is permission first. Permission to be a human being and to be mm-hmm. sexual. And then two, a curiosity for sexuality and for myself and for my partner. And Mm -hmm. I want to be curious about learning. Let's spend four days. Let's uncover the details. Let's, what is good? What's not good? What's the pace right now? What's the pace Mm -hmm. in five minutes? But more of a curiosity of working towards um, an experience, not a destination, not an orgasm, Mm -hmm. but experience within the intimacy and letting it grow and letting it build. And I've read some really cool things lately that that an actual male orgasm actually robs the man of his power. And so what I've been really focused on in the past year or so is how much intimacy can I entertain without the orgasm? 
how long can this go? Are you talking about retention? Reten- is, yeah. Maybe that's, I don't know if that's Praise the right me. word. <laughs> <laughs> and in case you don't know, Michael is my partner. He's my partner. So I love that he's talking about this because I have never been so loved, so embraced, and so wildly chased after, after 15 years of being together. And this is our evolution of our shameless unbag letting go you know dismantling all that crap and just being lovers and having kids but just letting ourselves be human hey baby will you tell them do you want to tell them about the one thing though that you've heard that was the kind of the biggest pinnacle i think of the indoctrination that i think still a lot of men are told Absolutely. Juicy. That guy. Yeah. The minister guy. There was a okay. minister that came to a, me- a morning men's breakfast, right? Because men leave their home five days a week to go to work. <laughs> yeah. But then they have the men's meetings on Saturday morning because men need to leave their house on Saturday mornings also, which of makes course. zero because logical Saturday's sense. Because Saturday's for the boys. Yeah. Saturday's, yeah, right. <laughs> and because moms want to be with the kids again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so let's do the men's breakfast on Saturday morning and let's yeah. do it once a month, every month. So the whole family has something to look forward to. And so they bring in this they bring in this minister and his crony guys and the message that they that they're teaching is that the male genitalia the penis is for three things that it's for god that it's for your spouse and that it's for peen and that's the only things that it's for <laughs> so are you going to tell everybody how to fuck god cuz I'm listening <laughs> <laughs> It's for his honor first. Oh, right. this okay. Is the story. I'm Never just, mind. I'm just sharing the story. Uh, no, it's for it's for his honor first. It's for your spouse second. And for you, it's for peeing. There's no masturbation allowed. You can't even think about it. And it was you literally broke into small groups, and then you would share with them how long it's been since you've masturbated. And and the oh. person that the person that has Jake lasted is cringing. Over this is the like person hilarious. that had lasted it's the like longest AA was for like this. For, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. It's uh, terrible, and it's like you. I, I had this award because me and the group, I had long, I had gone the longest, a year and a half, without <laughs> masturbation, and I was like, without one, loving and yourself, without loving yeah. myself. One guy was like, "It's only been three weeks," and we were like, "Oh, shame on you!" And oh, so it's just this perpetuation of shaming on each other, and you get this award for the person that doesn't. So, woof. Yeah. <laughs> That culture Garbage. that is identified as your desire to be holy, your desire to be righteous. And for people who have high integrity and really want to be their purest self, I yeah. think that's where religion can really twist it to make you think that and believe that this is what that looks like instead of becoming closer to yourself, your yeah. your spirit, your internal compass. Like that's that's the fuckery. Mm-hmm. That's the fuckery. Some hard tomfoolery for sure. Uh, I think there there are certain applications where like masculine shaming can be like beneficial. Generally around like puberty, when it's like the young males that are just like young, dumb, full of cum kind of thing, and like you think you're invincible. Having some old dude like knock you down a peg or two can actually be really beneficial. And it's it's been seen in, in a lot of like tribal cultures throughout like kind of history, that coming to age ceremony, like the killing of the boy to birth the man. But shame, I think, anywhere outside of that, especially intrinsically, is fucking trash. Yeah. It's just like, it doesn't serve anything. It's just So maybe terrible. what you're referring to isn't shame, but it's accountability. Like, yeah. if you're going to go there, okay, you better yeah. know what you're going there mm-hmm. to do. 
Yeah. What's your intention? It's right. intentionality. It's accountability yeah. for intentionality when really there is none at that mm-hmm. age. Yeah, that's right. a good way. Rather to... than shame, because yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it kind of comes with embarrassment, because generally, like you're yeah. you're a young man around a bunch of like older dudes, and you're trying to like show that you're one of the men, you know, which leads to you fucking up gloriously, which leads to everybody laughing at you and kind of dropping you down a peg or two. Mm. So, um, but yeah, back mm. to the the filth. I just, I just wanted to add that that part about shame where it's like there is like a little bit of it where it is kind of like if it's humbling in a and putting you in a position to grow more. I've experienced that like really intense embarrassment before and just been like, I'm going to grow from this. Mm-hmm. But what I haven't experienced is anything beneficial from be like, oh, if I touch myself, I'm bad. Or like yeah. I joke all the time because uh, I'm a tattoo artist and the general rule of thumb is like where hair grows on your body, you could tattoo there. So when people want to get wedding ring tattoos and they go all the way around, my joke is, regardless of what I was told in Sunday school, there's no hair on my palms. So that's not a good spot to tattoo. And it generally gets like a laugh out of people because, you know, if you touch yourself, you get hair on your palms or you right. go blind and then you fucking die. <laughs> there's all of this. Have like... you heard these stories? Do you not know those? No. no. Oh. Please no. don't. Oh, okay. wow. All right. Here we go. Okay, yeah. so this is there. This is there element. We didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So like this if you helps. touch yourself, there would be like this, this evidence left that would disfigure you and then you would just be like that's terrible yeah and they'd be like oh you're gonna grow hair on your palms your eyesight's gonna start going and they'd be like why is this young kid blind oh he must have been touched himself he must have been masturbating yeah we can talk about kellogg too have you heard about that asshole like kellogg like the cereal no i like it terrible terrible he wrote multiple books on how to like stop children from any sort of self-exploration so, like, different boards to tie them to when they sleep to stop, like, babies from, like, touching themselves. There's this type of acid that he would pour onto, like, little girls and their genitals. Um, or you could use, like, silver thread and sew the foreskin shut on little boys. So then if they experience any erections, it would be super-duper painful. Oh I read about this in uh, Chris Ryan's book, Sex at Dawn. And he, he goes goes through all the, all the details. So if anyone wants to listen to that, how shitty oh. Kellogg's is. Um, so yeah, rethink your cereal choices. <laughs> yeah, you mean wow. Tony the Tiger? It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, they're not great. It's not they're great. Not they're not great. not great. But he also Whoa. bragged about not fucking his wife, not even on their wedding day. But he would also get like daily enemas from his fucking this Puerto Rican dude. So I just say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm like, pray for his wife, and also like, dude, just say dicks are delicious. Like it's totally fine. <laughs> like it doesn't have to be a bad thing. But yeah, fuck wow. Kellogg's, by the way. Wow. So there's like the, the sexual shame on both the masculine and feminine side runs so, so, so deep. So it's just yeah. just the work of trying to get your head above water, let alone like into the sky, is almost insurmountable for a lot of people depending on their upbringing. I was fortunate enough to see this from like a detached enough view that when I heard that, I was like, <laughs> that's bullshit because I'd be blind as hell right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then I look at my hands, I go, nah. <laughs> but the, the little subliminal messages like that, that, mm-hmm. that are ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. I remember when I grew up, I was I used to suck my bottom lip to fall asleep. Like Instead mm-hmm. of sucking my thumb, I would just, mm. mm-hmm. and my dad told me one time, if you keep doing that, your bottom lip's just going to fall off. Yeah. So I had these nightmares of being oh, like in my twenties with, yeah. with no bottom lip and just like, mm, like it scared me so bad. Wow. But that was what kind of helped me stop doing that. Like I don't know, why Definitely do we do like, that? Why a, do, why do parents do that? 
I just think they don't have the language to describe it any differently, but Mm. I also don't want to talk about what parents do not being one. So I'm going to defer hard Mm. right now. (laughs) I don't know. We've we've worked really hard to be a parent that doesn't shame our kids in any format because we had so much shame that we've had cast upon us ourselves Mm -hmm. that we just work really hard. Like, we are each other's, like, ally. Accountability, And accountability in, like... Well, how much Inter- backtracking did you need to do? Oh, dude, yeah. Like, so much, right? We've had to do a lot of backtracking. Yeah, where you're just like, yeah. ooh, what I just said was straight bullshit. Well, and, and, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, we've had those conversations with our kids. Like, the next mm-hmm. day, we're like, I actually just had one with my daughter yesterday. Like, that's awesome. you know what? What I said last night, I can't back that up. Mm-hmm. I was exhausted. I was spent. It's 10 o'clock at night. I was frustrated. What I right. said last night, I'm going to go back on and tell you that was completely <sighs> wrong. And we're going to start over. We've gotten very comfortable apologizing to our children. That's and especially absolutely. like our 21-year-old. She was raised in the church. And since mm. the past five years, deconstructing that, really going back to her and apologizing for putting her in Whoa. that culture, for helping be a part of that shame thing in her life, mm-hmm. the purity culture, the toxic Ugh. stuff, but also supporting her in her liberation, whatever That's that looks huge. like for her. So we're still, we're Whoa. still working on it. We're still restoring that that we helped be a part of. And I think that is that is the whole point of these communications is that we kind of wake up to these things that mm-hmm. we're just doing um, in robotic form, yeah. domestication, and mm. then just allowing ourselves to shift and change, you know, with with apologies and promising to do better and then continuing to do so. Well, as a, as a child, like, so I can't speak for the parents, but as a child, like, just thinking of, like, because I put myself in that situation, it's like, how valuable would that be to me to hear that? And that's immeasurable. Mm, like, just having to be like, oh, mom's a human, you know, and, like, dad acknowledges fuck-ups or doing, like, kind of whatever like that would just be like, I can't wrap my mind around putting a value to that. So, bravo. Yeah, and just to go off what Jake's saying, like, I remember the, I remember specifically the first time I, my mother apologized to me. I, I had this idea that, wow, my mom is not just my mom. She's a human being with needs and desires and a hope and dreams for her life. So mm-hmm. the earlier I think that a parent can apologize to their child for how they behave, the more the child can realize that they're a human entity and not just a parent. So kudos to you guys. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Right on. Works in progress. Yeah. <laughs> so we asked you guys both a question before um, this evening, and that was, what does masculine sexuality mean to you mm-hmm. in today's evolving culture? And you, we didn't show each, you guys each other's responses, but they were yeah, really beautiful <laughs> and very symmetrical. Oh, cool. So yeah. do you want to point or have a little chat on that? Yeah, I could kind of rephrase it because mm-hmm. uh, I, I gathered my thoughts and I sent it and I haven't reread it since then. <laughs> but you talked about holding space for yeah. someone. So it was just kind of being that that safe space. And for me, like if I was gonna um, archetype like masculine versus feminine, it would be like the mountain versus the ocean, and where it's like the mountain is there mm-hmm. to kind of hold and support that massive body of like fluctuation and power not male and female because everyone has that masculine feminine but Mm. it's just that like that mountain energy in there to have that strength and power in the stillness instead of trying to like i'm gonna do all this i'm gonna jackhammer for this fucking long she's gonna be screaming pissing off the neighbors and she's gonna be like (laughs) doing all this stuff where instead it's just like holding that space and also being like 
unshaken by any sort of like feedback. So if somebody says something like, oh, hey, not that hard or not like that at all or like what the actual fuck are you doing? Then you're just like, <laughs> cool, you, you shift, you adjust because words cannot move a mountain. So it's just kind of like that where you're, you're still and you're powerful even through action. Um, for me, that was kind of what that masculine masculinity in general mm-hmm. is. But also like you could take that into the bedroom, the boardroom, the bathroom, uh, anywhere, you know, and just kind of have that unshakable Stillness to give space for all sorts of awesome, freaky shit. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Another thing you said, too, in response, um, you emailed back, you said that um, what was important to you was to do the work in order to be your most authentic self, present your most authentic self Mm -hmm. in the experience. And I thought that was fantastic because 99% of humans that that I've been with personally haven't Mm -hmm. done the work to bring me their most authentic self in the experience. Well, I I try to do my best in that moment. doesn't mean it's like my most authentic self, but it's what I'm capable of at that time. Yeah. And then if I'm going to be naked with somebody, it'd be really weird to wear a mask. Right. So, yeah. (laughs) I love that. I just just wanted to say how how powerful that statement is. Thank you. Even though we can't be 100% authentic all the time, Mm -hmm. at least trying to, it's such an honor to be in the presence of that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Goddamn. It's hot in here. Is anyone else with food? Yeah, okay. <laughs> we got like four sex machines just crammed in here. <laughs> <laughs> an tiny little room and the AC shut down. Yeah. Yeah, what is it? Um, so, Michael, same question. Yeah. But I That's loved great. your response because where Jake said he was holding space for someone, you 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 talked about um, being a guardian. Yeah. I, I see the, and like you described the the mountain and the ocean and everything you said, like spot on. Thank you. Um, I, I see the masculine energy as the guardian, like the protector. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there's every human has both energies, the, the masculine and the feminine. And I see the feminine more as playful and energetic and enthusiastic. And we all have all those qualities. And in, in the moment, in, a, in like an intimate setting, both are going to come out in both people, but someone's going to weigh heavier on one side. Mm-hmm. And and I think generally the man is going to weigh in that, that guardian, that protector um, environment. And when you step into that field in an intimate setting, what you're doing is you're giving permission for your partner to enter into the feminine. Mm. And so if you're in that place of, okay, we've created, I, I, we've created a safe space, um, there's not going to be people around to hear if, if the environment needs to be in an environment where people aren't going to hear whatever it is. And, and it we allows when you try and get loud, <laughs> but it allows your partner to enter into that energetic, playful, enthusiastic space mm. when you've taken the time and you present the energy that you are the guardian here, you are the protector here. And as a result of that, it allows the vulnerability of your partner, which also draws on your own vulnerability. And then mm. those energies start to meet each other. And it's just a beautiful magic that can take place when you actually allow yourself to represent the true form of masculinity and not mm-hmm. this toxic, yeah. how fast can I pound it? And <laughs> you know, it's, it's just not like that. So is it like reciprocal permission, starting with that, like I'm going to set the bar and set the pace as far as like that vulnerability goes to open up more vulnerability down the road? Is that kind of what? Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Because what we've discussed is like I – become more free mm-hmm. in my sexual sexual I don't want to say performance but in the moment I become more free when I feel safe and mm-hmm. I feel protected and I feel guarded it's like that's that's where it is 
It's like closing all your browser windows. You only have one browser open, and yeah. then you're just like, oh, I could fully focus on this one thing. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, fuck, did I switch the laundry? Did I do all this right. other stuff? Like, right. I got to pay that bill. And instead, you could just be like enraptured in all of your senses. So like sensual as like maxing out the sensuality of that moment there and then stretching what like can tend to be like maybe not that long chronologically Mm. but almost have that psychedelic effect where like you can't tell if it's been five minutes or an hour because it's just like what the fuck is time at that point so then and that that frees up at least for me specifically speaking from personal experience it's just like it's not always like the marathons that I've I've gotten the best feedback on because that's also what I want like afterwards um when it comes to like shibari and ropes and stuff, aftercare is important. And I've started to be like, oh, well, I could just use this for everything. So then having those conversations afterwards and just be like, yeah, I forgot English. And like, (laughs) I didn't know what day it was. And it was just like freeing up all these different things. Not only is that like, just feels really good on myself, like a gold star for Jake, hell yeah. But also like, just being in that space and like transcending time and just not worrying about all this other stupid shit and just focusing on like a human experience. Yeah. I think that's the kind of intention that just keeps building trust. Mm-hmm. And for us, that trust is necessary, which is why breaking trust really starts to deteriorate or break down mm-hmm. the sexual intimacy because we rely on that trust so much just mm-hmm. to be free and be wild and let ourselves experience our desires. Okay, so what are some of the traps that you see men Oof. your age? Jake, how old are you? I'm 30. 30. Michael, 44. Almost 44. Almost 44. Oh, Ooh, nice. Next week. Nice. nice. What do you see today's modern man? <laughs> what are the traps that men fall into? That you feel like you just want to be like, dude, stop doing that. We stopped doing that 20 years ago. You need to get with the bandwagon. White Oakleys? (laughs) (laughs) Someone said it. Someone had to say it. I'm not here to make friends. So if you're you're listening to this and wearing White Oakleys. White framed Oakleys, get out of town. Fix your fucking life. Um, (laughs) But outside of that, I think just like the, the pressure to perform to a certain extent based on what you've seen, not what you've talked to your partner about. Mm. If I could sum it up quickly, that would just be it. Like, dude, talk talk to your lady and then treat her right and then be amazed at how often she's, like, going down on you. Be like, oh, my chick hates sucking dick. Be like, well, did you, like, cook dinner and, like, fold some laundry and, like, give her a foot rub and, like, fucking treat her right and then make right. sure that she's held and respected and then she's going to gobble that thing up like she's fucking starving. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, if you He's treat. Not wrong. <laughs> Where's the line? Where's the yeah. line? So just like holding, having a different standard internally than what that whatever the standard is for your partner, whether that's you've been married for fifteen years, you just met on Tinder, or anything in between. I think. Hmm. I think that's great advice. It's great advice. Yeah. Fuck those Oakleys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What I think men need to do is is rather as uh, rather than looking at their partner as uh, complicated, because you hear that a lot that uh, she's complicated or it's she's complex. Mm. And when you shift the word from complicated, there's an ending to complicated, and it's you're not there's no desire there. It's just an excuse. 
Complex is something that you're, you want to figure out. Mm. And if you look at your partner as someone who's complex, whether it's a woman or a man or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If you look at them rather than being complicated but more as complex, you want to start figuring out, like, what are the building blocks that, put, that puts this person together and how can I not figure them out because they're not going to be, the, hopefully, they're not going to be the same person tomorrow as they are today, but how can I start to learn more about them and and grow in my own experience with that human by learning about them and, and not trying to figure them out, but just trying to understand more. Makes sense. Like you're not trying to solve the fucking Rubik's cube, but no. you're just trying to like continue this painting or like a tapestry that like you don't have a plan to end it. Exactly. You know, so yeah. hell yeah. Yep. We just had this conversation with last weekend being Cardellane. And we're walking by hundreds of cars that are mm -hmm. classic cars. They are very expensive. These are tinkerers. Mm -hmm. These are hobby cars. They're the cars that you see in your neighbor's driveway where he's waxing it every Sunday, right? Yeah. But the reality is, do you know how much time and money and effort and research <laughs> and practice has made for this person to understand what this car needs, how mm -hmm. it runs, how it operates, what makes it purr? Like, there's so much there. Mm -hmm. So uh, to counter that, you but you guys already have that. You you have that ingrained in you of like, ooh yeah, this thing I I'm gonna just mm. right. Yeah. But if 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 somehow men could learn to apply that to their lover, whatever ooh. gender that is, I like that. It's it's a lifelong hobby car. It's yeah. a tinker tinker on oh, this. Man. I mean, how change your own damn oil? <laughs> you, like learn how to do that yeah. kind of shit, right? You, like that's. Imagine the level that people get into fucking fantasy football oh, if they God. apply that to oh, their God. lovers. Oh, oh man, right. that would change the fucking world. <laughs> and I mean, you, and then I did this with my pinky, and oh my God, yeah. like that. <laughs> right? And you should I hear her purr? <laughs> right. And right. you said it before we started out there. Um, you said that the. There's so much information out there for men mm, to actually, for free, for, free, for <laughs> yeah. men to actually start learning about the complexity of their partners. Mm. Listen to podcasts. Um, yeah. I mean, all the research is out there, just like on the cars. Talk to them. Talk yeah. to them. Ask questions. Yeah. Use cook them dinner. Yeah. You know, rub their feet and have a conversation. Ask how the day was. Mm -hmm. Actually be interested in the human that you're partnering your entire life with. Instead of spending $50,000 and hours a week <laughs> on this vehicle that when right. you die is going to be buried in a grave and is going to outlive you, spend that time on the human being that's across from you. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee your life experience will be so much more fulfilling than that damn freaking car can ever give to you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. But can you say that you that someone can actually achieve that if they can't even do it to themselves if you don't even know yourself in that way your sexuality True. your pleasure what makes you tick the little tiny yeah. details that make you purr how can Ooh. you even attempt to to know the kind of that is under the hood looking you need to right? do for somebody right. else that's, that's such a thing, good point yeah that's one thing i encourage a lot of my girlfriends that i speak to about this i'm like when's when's the last time you figured that out on your own When's the last time you loved mm -hmm. yourself enough to figure out what you want? And most women that I speak to have no idea, which wow. is which is really sad because I think the the first the first step into knowing what you want is to explore that yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess yeah. I like the whole you want something done right, do it yourself. Yeah. Like, ain't nobody <laughs> could give Jake a hand job like Jake can. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, right, absolutely. but that's also something that women are always discouraged from early ages too. Like yeah. where it's more common for young men to like yeah. rub one off. Like Any, yeah, we're, we're like banned from oh, even touching ourselves. Like it's not a, even a good story. Speaking of that, and having guys sneaking up to rub one out and generally dissatisfied women. Um, we don't ever like graduate from that, like, cause like you the hormones hit you and just randomly like you get the right kind of breeze and your dick's hard. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> terrible. It's just it's awful, really. Uh, male puberty is like I can't speak to female puberty, but in my experience, I was just like, uh. it's like you, there's all these like animal urges. Your dick's hard randomly all the fucking time. You can't hide it because it's just like there it is, and. Um, so when you sneak off to rub one out hard and fast, because that's what you see in the porn, and you're just trying to get it done, because if you spend too long in the bathroom, then everyone's going to fucking know that you're in there fucking slapping the dolphin, and you got to get out. So then you take that to the bedroom. You're like, oh, this is what works for me. I'm going to do that. So then basically you just end up like having a flashlight with a pulse instead of having like a partner, because then you're just like, oh, hard, fast, get it done, because there's that, that quickness, that shame, that kind of just growl it out and get it done kind of thing, instead of like having like a pleasure practice and just being like oh well if i want to have sex for x amount of time can i masturbate for that long because hmm. if you can't then you won't you're going to be very disappointed because you can't do it by yourself you get like a really attractive person underneath you on top of you beside you around you then that the fuse burns a little hotter a little faster <laughs> and right. uh, you add uh yeah any sort of senses like you know touch taste smell all of that to that and then it's just like so developing your own like practice with that to get out of that little boy sneaking off to fucking hammer one out mm. and feed the ducks then it's um <laughs> i have so many <laughs> like, thanks for I masturbating like yeah so when you're gonna go make the bald man cry then you just like <laughs> you don't have to take that aspect into your adulthood and i wish somebody right. would have fucking told me that like a decade ago right there'd be a lot less people probably not so satisfied with their experience with me as a younger man. I'm sorry for listening. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, that's a great point because what if the goal of, of all of the experience, the masturbation, a partner, whatever, whatever your experience is, wasn't the orgasm? Because that's a destination that for men, mm -hmm. like, things yeah. are over. Yeah, I need some, like, like orange juice and a nap. <laughs> you give me, like, 20 minutes and maybe. Maybe. <laughs> like, maybe. If God smiles on me, then uh, <laughs> this thing will be hard again. <laughs> but can it can it just be the experience and not the orgasm? Can we just linger in it? We, mm -hmm. Melinda and I talk about this all, there, all, the, all the time. It's like, mm -hmm. Friday night, this is a weekend we're going to linger. And what we both know is that there's no orgasms happening. So... Well, what are well, we for gonna you? Do? Yeah. For me, well, yeah. women's being God's favorite, just being able to like, totally. you know, <laughs> go, 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 right? It's superior design, really. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> shoot for four this weekend, but for me, there's going to be zero until Monday morning. Mm. You know, maybe, but can we just let things linger? And, mm -hmm. and like you said, in masturbation, can we do that? Yeah. Can we just experience the moment and not? the finish yeah and then how do you alter your breath how do you alter your mind how do you mm. alter how you're tensing your body to tell your body like nah dog now's not the time you know for that instead of like strategy everything strategy. yeah going yeah. into something with a strategy because of the complexity like we were talking about and then being God's favorite, you're like, well, how many can I get out of this? Like, right. if you know, it's like you just keep hitting the button and it's like, I keep getting prizes. I'm going to keep smashing this button until something stops. And it's generally the male. So it's like, wh what, is it, what does it take to get there? And then doing the preparation to get to that point with, with the partner. Speaking from the uh, 
heterosexual point of view. Because yeah. I is. And um, that's what that's what turns sex into an art. Where mm-hmm. at first it was just finger paints and your mom put it on the <laughs> fridge. Oh, look how cute, honey. Oh, thanks, babe. Yeah. And then, you know, year, maybe after time and maturity, then you're like, oh, but then this one little angle of the brush and this one stroke. And, mm-hmm. like, and those now the, are the neighbors details. are pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do men talk about this at your ages? Not enough. No. Okay. And I'm generally the one instigating the conversation because mm-hmm. it was so valuable to me. Now it's like, that's my, one of my fucking many soapboxes, because I won't shut the fuck up if you get me on a tangent of, like, <laughs> something I'm passionate about, because there's more than a couple things, but it's one of those things like, dude, check it out. I've had great success with this. You should too, because if I can, you can. And there's, there's no reason other than getting in your own way that, like, somebody can't have really mine blowing sex like I have and then once you have it you're kind of like bro do you want some of this like this is amazing like mind your business but get it on your own you know? well, let, me, like, let me show you how yeah. yeah it's just like dude have you tried this have you tried like you know think about like if you're gonna come like just clench your jaw breathe through your nose and just little things like that and then it's, you're just like then you could focus on like all your macerator muscles there and just be like now your focus is here not downstairs so then it's like, okay, now we can stretch this out a little bit, you know, and kind of like all these just little tips and tricks that I've picked up over time. Just being like, dude, have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? But I'm... Thank you for spreading the word on a woman's behalf. <laughs> <laughs> right? Dude, I need more guys to slide in my DMs and not think that everything I post on my dirty Instagram is like girls. Because it's like, somebody will message me be like, you're so cute. Be like, you know I'm like the dude in the photos. I'm not the women in the photos. (laughs) So it's always just kind of like that thing. Like I would love to have a conversation with guys or just at least point them in the right direction. Be like, yo, this is where I learned this. This is where I got a lot of this information. Do the thing. Do the work. Mm -hmm. Mm, It's worth it. It's worth it. God damn. Yeah, and I think yeah. when when this shift starts happening for men, if you're with the same partner, a mm-hmm. lot of times you'll see it shift in opposite directions as when it started. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, it was the early stages of our marriage where it was just like traditional. Mm-hmm. And I'd go like, to oh, bed it's our anniversary. I know what's going to happen. Or yeah. while he's <laughs> right. snoring, I'm pulling out my drawer, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. And now it's completely... Not completely, but it's flipped a little bit, and he's like, "Let's linger," and mm-hmm. I'm like, "Wait, babe, <laughs> like, just well, wait with the right. Well, it's like it's, it's not go. lingered so long. Yeah. Well, you know, like as a man, if like ten is orgasm, but like if you could stretch out nine point five for as long as <laughs> yes. you fucking can, oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's the money yes. there. Where you're just like, and then somebody's like, but. Did you come? And I was like, no, because I was trying so hard not to. I was just trying to like not Kool Aid man through the fucking wall. I was yeah. just trying to just trying to push oh, on the wall yeah. a bit. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was just trying to like really push that wall without like fucking up the drywall because I'm trying to get a deposit back, you know. But just like doing that there, where it's like it doesn't have to, because like I said, stretching out that nine point five for as long as you can is a lot better than spiking to a ten. Absolutely, really fast. Absolutely. I hope y'all are listening. <laughs> Do you have any fears about your sexuality getting older? Like maybe things not working down there or, or 
I don't know, do you have any fears or things that you're concerned about for the future that you're thinking about right now? I had uh, something recently, like I went to go uh, down on a girl and my knees popped. And I was like, <laughs> like man, I hope she doesn't think about that as much as I'm thinking about that right now. <laughs> Shit. Uh, turn it around. It, it, yeah, everything was fine. All, all the parties were happy there. But I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you could call me daddy now because my fucking knees are popping. This was like, fuck. But as far as, like, any sort of dysfunction goes, I mean, it's like, just get your fucking hormones tested. There's no excuse not to. You could literally, like, prick your finger and put it in the mail and send it off. And, like, in a week, they'll send you an email with, like, your, your levels back. And then you could be like, okay, let's get my hormones checked. And it's like, when your hormones are in line, then your fucking dick works. It's like, not rocket science. It's actual science, but it's not, like, Tesla shit. It's right. like, no, man, you just go down the road to any nurse practitioner and just be like, hey, this is what I need. Show her the stuff. Do the work. Same question. Because yeah, I, you've told me stories <clears throat> before of, of older men, like 70s, mm-hmm. who've come in to see you, chiropractic. Oh, yeah. And yeah. What, what's your experience there? Yeah, I've had people come in and said, you know, things don't work. I actually had an 84-year-old guy come in one time, and he's like... Um, Let's back up. Okay. He didn't preface. <laughs> he didn't preface the first visit saying, "By the way, this is what d- doesn't work." But six months into adjusting him, he came mm. in. And he actually had pulled me aside. I had a busy office, and he pulled me aside, and he goes, "I don't know what you're doing to me," but and he grabs his arm at the base of his arm and holds a fist up in the air, and he's like. <laughs> He's like, I am rock hard, and my wife loves it for the first time in 10 years. Praise be. (laughs) Praise be. And his wife, 84, 84. and his wife is in the background, just this huge grin on her face. And and he had been injured in a surgical procedure, and all of a sudden things started working again, and he was super Mm. excited. But it was a big reality check for me in my early 30s of, like, this is the reality of, of the possibility of the future. And... I don't have any fears going into it because, like Jake said, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you can get things tested. There's there's so many things that we can be doing proactively, exercise and nutrition, and mm-hmm. and those are all things that we know that we can be doing. Um, stress, sleep, there's just natural mm-hmm. things that we can be doing. Um, but also practice. I mean, the self-exploration, the exploration with your partner, mm-hmm. the willingness to stay at a 9.5 instead of a 10. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you hit the 10 for the man, like we've talked about, yeah, like you, gonna... there's, a re- there's, a, there's a period, there's a refractory period. And and I'm not 30 anymore. Right. At 44, <laughs> the refractory period's longer than it was at 30. Damn um, it. But, <laughs> but it's also, but for me, that's also a motivation of how much longer can I stay at 9.5? That too. Can it be instead of you know, four days, can it be a Mm -hmm. week? Like how long can we, can I continue to ride this out? Because when you're at that 9.5, not in the moment, Mm -hmm. but in the moment of I'm back at work now, but I'm still at Mm 9.0, you know? So that just perpetuates the opportunity of testosterone and things Mm -hmm. are continuing to to biochemically uh, work for you. Or instead of like fearing the robots, harnessing them? Because I feel like a lot of guys have some issues with any sort of like toys and stuff and i'm like well my grip is like decent because of the type of training that i do but it's like can i compete with something that plugs into the wall after i paid my power bill probably not (laughs) right you know so just like instead of being like oh scared of it or emasculated by it i was like no i'm gonna be thor i'm gonna harness the fucking lightning right now and back to pissing off the neighbors you know so and it's just like witnessing i think personally and you'll probably agree with me i feel like we have a lot of alignment with that probably everybody in this room, 
witnessing female pleasure is fucking dope. Yes. Huge <laughs> fan. Huge so fan. even if you're just like, like, like I would say this, I'm just happy to be included. Yep. They're like, what, what are you, they're, they're like, I'm just happy yeah, to be here. Yeah, right. Uh, you just go, you go, what toys, what else can I buy? Yeah, right. And I was like, I just saw your eyes roll into the back of your skull. I never thought I'd see them again. I'm so happy to see them again. Let's fucking do it again. And it's just like that. And like sharing that pleasure, knowing, like I said, once you get to a 10 as a man, then it's like you do have that kind of downtime. You're like, well, you could use that downtime. Like you get to 9.5, 9.6, 9.7. Like, calling the homie and just be like, all right, I charged this earlier, babe, I'm ready. And then, like, have that. And then have that that time for yourself personally to cool back down. Right. But also, like, stay warm, obviously. Yeah. Woof. And, like, <laughs> and then just, like, bam, player two's back in the game. But you never really left. So it's just, like, doing that, too, can, like, help out a lot. And, like, if you're afraid of toys then it's just like just say that you don't like your lady's orgasms just be fucking upfront with it like you're like oh really sorry right. bro your dick's not magic use batteries sometimes right use it's batteries totally fine. sometimes yep yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes <Please>. batteries included batteries <laughs> included yeah oh i love it nice joke okay okay so let's wrap this up we have deal a couple fast questions here. hell yeah mood appetite for sex enhancers. Mm. What is it for you specifically? Food, music, um, blah, blah, blah. So I have smart light bulbs in my room. So I'm able to adjust the colors. So I will pick uh, warm tones. So pinks, reds, oranges, kind of hues like that. And it, they are down regulating to the nervous system. I will then pick some sort of like mildly filthy kind of EDM dubstep, but not play it too loud. So it's not like overwhelming, but there's some like about 121 beats per minute. And I just kind of set the room up hmm. like that. And then generally, like, um, we didn't get into it at all, but I do, uh, like, shibari and rope bondage and stuff, too. And that's just, like, wrapping somebody up and ha holding that and having that trust in that space. Just for me, is really nice, but I also like really active participants. So as I'm untying, that's when I was like, oh, it's my turn. Like, now we get to play. So it's, like, all of that stuff, just trying to build this whole experience for that, like I said, back to the mm -hmm. high score. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that is one of the reasons why we invited you on this episode is because we knew a little bit about what you do, mm -hmm. your background of that, and we want to hear where that comes from. Who's the, who's the person behind all of that thinking? Yeah. And what does that sound like and look yeah. like? And yeah. not, not all, all of the rope sessions and with penetration. Most of them actually do not. Um, I keep my clothes on for like 98% of them. But there's like, I do have like a, a couple of partners that we do get intimate afterwards and it is that kind of like, just awesome like yeah. that. So that helps with me, but also just like smells. I think girl sweat's magical. So I love that. Yeah, Aww. and it's just kind of that like primal, like just the scent of it. Like I guess primal is just the best word I could think of and it just kind of turns on whatever caveman brain is in there and then jake hungry and uh jake hungry yeah jake hungry yeah uh, <laughs> and so yeah just uh setting the space and then just just the the senses you know feed, feeding off any sort of uh energy or, or pleasure built for me dad i would have to say that, <laughs> Papi. that, I would have to say that. um i'm in school right now so thank you jake <laughs> Because, I, I mean, our entire relationship, we've had children. 
Um, we came into our relationship with a six-year-old. Oh, wow. And we now have a 21, a 13, and a 10-year-old. So we've never been in a space where we had just ourselves. And mm. like all the things you're describing right now, completely new to me. Oh, so dope. I need We're some resources. This. Yeah, we need to sure. talk. <laughs> I need some resources. Because I'm, what I'm really, and my, and my son has known this for about five years. He's 10 years old right now. Mm-hmm. And for about five years, he's known when he turns 18, he's out. This is our time. Like, um, and I've, I've really been thinking about this a lot lately. Like Melinda and I have never had just ourselves. Hmm. And the last time that we had just ourselves for more than three or four days was probably five or 10 years ago. And we don't have that time together. Hmm. So to be able to create those environments is much more difficult. It's tricky. It's, it takes more intention to be able to do that. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm learning from I you. I just got to make sure my dog's fed, and I'm pretty much good. Yeah, <laughs> when our kids were really little, we did have a code word. Mm-hmm. And in the, bath in time. Bath time. Yeah. And the kids were like, wee! And we're like, wee! Yeah. And we keep the door open, and they were yeah. old enough to be sitting in the tub together. Right. Yeah. Self-contained, all that. And then we'd sneak next door, and that was our time. Bath yeah. time. Bath time. Yeah. We still talk about it. That's funny. Kids aren't. Yeah young enough for bath time anymore. Yeah, and now we so, got to be more quiet. We got to be quieter and more aware. creative. <laughs> or you just be like, go to bed right now. I'm trying to fuck your mom. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really anxious. In, about, I'm excited about the next several years of that for us to be able to create those, the sounds and the smells and, mm-hmm. the, you know, that those environments that we can be more creative, more intimate because we've had to be, it's just different. It's just a different household when you have children. Yeah. Mm. Right, like we call it our conjugal visits. <laughs> when we get out of town for one night, it's like we gonna do this. Yeah, <laughs> we got to go home in twelve hours. Yeah, you're like get in yeah, there now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much Thank for being you. here. Thank yeah, you for this sharing awesome. this. This yeah. is incredible. This, these conversations need to become more frequent, more normalized, so that we can all continue to grow in our mm-hmm. sexuality as human humans. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm consenting always uh, for any sort of talking into a mic ever. Yeah. Hit up your boy. Okay. And um, yeah, just assume that I'm in. So yeah. yeah. We definitely want to have you back to talk about Shibari. Yeah. That'd be fun. Spicy. Yes. (laughs) Maybe you could do some demo or something. We could. I could, could... contrary to like popular belief, I could tie over like any sort of like gym clothing really, really well. So if like if you show up dressed for like a yoga class, we could definitely run through some stuff and break the internet. Sweet. Let's break the internet. <laughs> Let's, do it. Let's do that. Let's do it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Michael, thank you. Jake, Tiana. Yay. Thank you, everyone. Gratitude for the space. So much it gratitude. super sweaty in here. I'm yeah. <laughs> Moist. <laughs> yeah. A little sex talk, a little heat. Let's go. Yeah. All right. This wraps up our edition of... Shameless Shameless masculinity. Shameless masculinity. Empowerment through sexuality. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again. Bye. Bye, everybody.